Well, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. I am your host, Joe Caruso, and I'm excited to dive into today's topic. It seems like from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us and want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how are we doing today, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. Fair excellent. to middle is how fair to, my dad always said. <laughs> it's funny. My uh, my grandmother-in-law used to have a couple of those phrases, like leaning toward Fishers meant she's getting ready to leave. Oh. Like, <laughs> she's like, hey, I'm leaning toward Fishers. I guess we're about wrapped up then. Who, who are the Fishers and why? I, <laughs> never got never an explanation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yep, fair to Midland, all those fun things. Well, uh, Jeff, today we got another submitted question, and uh, this question is a theological one, kind of directly. Um, basically, they say there's the Trinity. What is that? How can Jesus be the Son of God and also be God? Uh, th- their words, what the heck is the Holy Spirit? It's <laughs> kind of a funny way to say it. Um, and what's the best way to explain explain that to others, and are there examples of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in the Old Testament? We'll break those down and talk through them. But before you dive into that, um, this has been a conversation that I've had with people, and this this can be a sticking point for people. Yeah. Like, who is God? And you say there's only one God, but you yourself say there's three gods. And like, for those that almost want to be skeptical, or who knows, maybe God's working on their heart so hard they're trying to hold on to something. Yeah. Um, this can be one of those things like, well, because I don't understand it, I'm just not going to check in. So what what is the Trinity, and how does this all start to work? Yeah, so the Trinity is a, is a, a doctrine. It's a, it's a core teaching of Christianity, and the Trinity is our way of saying God in relationship with himself. So mm. there is only one God. Uh, but he exists in three forms, let's say. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they form what we often call the Godhead, or who we, we would generically refer to as as God. Now, the reason why uh, we, we created the term and the doctrine of the Trinity is that you see God in all of those forms— uh, in the scripture. And so there's times that you'll see the scripture refer to the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, said that things would be even better, be better to have the Holy Spirit with us than even he himself. And then God the Son, of course, Jesus is the Son of God. And then we'll, we'll hear Jesus pray to his Father. And so there's a Father of God. So there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So um, when you think about that, it, there's no perfect way or perfect analogy um, to explain the Trinity because the Trinity, the the concept of the Trinity is a concept that it's a title that theologians created to explain who God is, Mm. right? So the concept of the Trinity is a biblical concept. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is a biblical concept. The word Trinity uh, is a word that we created to explain that that biblical concept, okay? So there's a bunch of different ways to think of it. Um, I was taught a lot that uh, you can think of an egg. You have a shell, you have a white, you have a yolk, 
it's three distinct parts of the exact same thing and if you remove any of those parts that thing ceases to exist another one i heard a lot growing up was um uh, uh water it exists as a liquid as a vapor as uh, a solid mm-hmm. right ice water and and uh what would you call that? Steam. Steam. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Forgot eighth grade. That's there what for I'm a here second. for. No. <laughs> um, so, all of those analogies kind of get our head around it a little bit. But when it comes to the Trinity, what we have to do is we really have to trust the Scripture. And so, uh, we would look and see that the role of the Father through the Scripture is a very distinct role, the role of the Son is a very distinct role. The role of the Holy Spirit is a distinct role, and the Scripture would all call them, so to say, God. So our concept of God is is uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those are probably like the 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 most brass tacks that I can make it, you know, and my my uh, limited ability to describe things. But I'm like that's. That's the basic understanding of things. Each one of those then uh, individuals have a role in our lives. So uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. Uh, Jesus forgives us of our sin. Our security is ultimately kind of in the Father and his role and all those kind of things. And so the Trinity is active in our salvation. The Trinity is active in like our daily walk with God. The Trinity is active all throughout the Scripture. Uh, there's times in Scripture that you will see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit kind of all in the same place all at once. The The clearest place, one of the easiest places, is, is at Jesus' baptism. Yep. So the Jesus is there being baptized. The Holy Spirit ascends as a dove, and the Father says audibly, This is my Son, who I'm well pleased. And so you see those things, but they are the the biblical construct of God is is the Trinity, and it, that's a core doctrine of of the Christian faith. You, you'll have uh, outliers of Christianity that don't hold to the Trinity, or they would say that um, Jesus is subject to the Holy Spirit; that he was just a spirit filled person. That's kind of the Bethel route that. Sure. Jesus was a, a spirit-empowered person just like we are. Um, you'll have people that um, will only listen to the words of Jesus, and they'll tune out the Father. You have all this kind of nonsense, but that that orthodox core kind of from the church father's forward doctrine has been like that doctrine of of the Trinity. Sure. That makes a lot of sense, and I think one of the things that you're pulling out there— why the metaphors kind of fall apart even as you're explaining like the water one uh water tends to be in one of those states at any given point in time right and you can easily start to think well does that mean god is only jesus right now or only the holy spirit right now or only the father but no as you've mentioned they're relational they coexist at the same time uh, all together in one that's important um now 
one of the things I think I've I've had these questions. Um, many people wouldn't know this about me. One of my first uh, college experiences was actually in a secular. Uh, sitting of religious studies. Mm -hmm. So lots of people educating through different religions, but not with a I want to know God type of heartbeat. And one of those questions uh, often became like, well, this is just a New Testament thing. Once Christians entered the scene, they created a doctrine of of the Trinity, and this actually isn't the quote-unquote original view of God at all. Jeff, walk us through a little bit, like, how how do we see the Trinity, the concept, show up in the Old Testament. Um, the proof of, I think we kind of all understand God the Father's there. Where's the Son? Where's the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so you see it several places in the in the Old Testament. Um, you would see at creation itself, Genesis 1, 26, uh, when God is creating, says, let us create man in our image. Mm-hmm. Plural, yeah. So there's a plural, there's a sense of that relationship. Uh, Isaiah 48 is another place. Uh, you have the Son speaking, acknowledging the Father sent by the, the Spirit. Um, these would be you know places that you would see that. Um, what you'll also see is uh, in the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see um, uh, angelic beings, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll see that. Sometimes we believe those are the person of Jesus that yep. has, has come and um, ministered or interacted with, with people. Uh, the fiery furnace, places like that, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So it's, it's all throughout the scripture. Uh, Genesis 1 at the beginning is probably um, one of the places where you would see that plural idea. And you're like, wow, from the very beginning forward, God speaks of himself in the plural, right? Yeah. And so it, it's things like that that you would look at that shows up again in like uh, Genesis 3, Genesis 11. Uh, the Bible uses these phrases like let us, you know, speak in the plural kind of a thing. Um, so it's all there. It, it, it's probably clearest in the scripture because Jesus is so predominant there and the Holy Spirit is so predominant there. Mm-hmm. So when you, it's really important when you look at Jesus's words, uh, he's talking to his disciples. He says, I have a gift for you. It'll be better for you to be with him than it is to be with me. The Holy Spirit is coming. And as a Christ follower, the, my, uh, how would you say this? Like daily, or I was going to say tangible, but like, most defined relationship with God or interaction with God is really through the Holy Spirit. Sure. And so he is very, very active in our life. And then we would worship Jesus. We'd worship the Father, uh, etc. So it, that's where you cannot escape this in Scripture from, like, the beginning to the end. Um, the Bible is never going to say the word Trinity. That, that's our word that we're going we're gonna to use but you're gonna see those outcroppings of God again and again and again and again and again. And you're even gonna feel those, so to say, in your life, right? And they're gonna show up in those ways. Now, one of the questions that this listener had um, was, how would we explain all this to someone that's asking the questions? And um, that really got me thinking, because even as we're talking, maybe I'm getting ahead of some of these uh, theoretical conversations, but, if you don't want to understand who God is, all that we just said doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's right. And so how does someone 
start to download how God works? Like what's the beginning of, of that kind of work in their life? So what you just said is a very fascinating phrase, uh, statement when you said if someone doesn't want to understand who God is, you know, there's really nothing you can do. And, and I actually agree with that pretty strongly. Uh, if someone has hardened their heart toward God, um, then not only are they in a dangerous place in their relationship with God, but you're in kind of a powerless place. Mm. Um, you cannot describe or argue somebody into their belief of God. So first of all, our belief in God uh, would be heavily based on our acceptance of Scripture, right? So what we know about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father, we would know from the Scripture. Yeah. So if somebody said, I deny the Bible and I will not even consider its claims— well, then our conversation's kind of over a little bit. And I can describe, maybe I can persuade, and I can, you know, uh, try to help you get excited about it. But but if you won't go there mm-hmm. and open up your heart and your mind at least to the Word of God, um, there's no—I don't—I'm, ha- you know, my words don't cut to the joint and the marrow of the bone. They're not alive and active. So, like, if you won't listen to God's words, my words are going to be yep. powerless for you. So you, you have to know when you're talking to a person that you have to start in a, in a place like that. What the argument then tends to become is like the Bible's inconsistent. And so you guys talk about the Bible, you talk about how accurate the Bible is and the word Trinity isn't even in the Bible. And, and I'm like, because you're talking about doctrine. So doctrine and theology are constructs in the Bible. You read the, you take in the whole knowledge of God the whole counsel of God. You read the Bible kind of cover to cover, and then you're like, oh, now I understand what's going on. Um, If you read any book or any belief system or watched a movie or a TV show and you stared at one point in it, the rest of it doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. right? I was watching uh, uh, Endgame the other day, (laughs) Marvel movie. Well, if all you'd ever stared at was uh, uh, Rocket the Raccoon <laughs> and you had no idea about Iron Man and no idea about Thor, no idea about Thanos, the movie doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And people will do that in their relationship with God. They're like, yeah, that the Trinity. And I'm like, you don't know anything about it. Well, I know it's this or that. I'm like, no, no, you don't, because you have to put it in the counsel of God right. for it for it to make sense. By the way, the same thing is true of the Old Testament and New Testament. Um, God does work differently, so to say, in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament. But you can't understand the Old Testament without the New Testament. You can't understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. Right. You, you have to know the counsel of God. So I, what I would say is, is if, a, if somebody is searching and just wrestling that's a conversation that can be walked through and and you can come to a very logical conclusion with it if somebody's looking for an argument they're all over the bible if you if you want to approach god's word that way but we are saved by grace through faith Mm. and in our western culture I think we wish we could save people through logic (laughs) 
because it's how we win arguments. Sure. And you can't. And so ultimately, God has to interact with a person by faith. And by the way, when I say God, what the Bible says is the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> the, his kindness draws us to repentance. The Holy Spirit draws us to conviction, right? I have to choose to believe in the Son of God, Jesus. And I have to believe that the Son of God was sent by God the Father. Mm-hmm. That's like that salvation, that's how that would work out. And so you have to see it that way. So in some ways, I would say to our listeners, like, don't, if there's an argument for argument's sake, I would probably talk about something else. Um, if you understand Jesus's love for you, if you understand uh, Jesus's um, desire to uh, rescue you and forgive you and you get your head around sin, if you come to those conclusions, you won't argue about the Holy Spirit. If you're looking for a fight, uh, you can find one. I mean, I could honestly, I could probably give you better ones than the <laughs> Holy Spirit, but um, but they're they're there. But what that tells me is your heart and your head. You're not really searching. You're looking for reasons to discount, and that that's what that literally um, today. That's what the cancel culture is. Mm. I find a flaw or I find something that I don't want to make sense to me and I don't want to understand and I turn it into an accusation and I cancel you. And if that's what's going on, then then what's so powerful about that cancel culture is you can't argue that. You know, they attack your, they're like, you're a, you're a jerk. You're like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Cause I said you are. No, I'm not. See, you're being one now. Right. It, it, it's impossible. And so the best thing to do is to is to like walk away from that, maybe love that person, talk about the aspects of God that they are more curious about, and then get back to that one later on. The thing I would be very careful of is I would be very careful of Christian faiths that discount the Holy Spirit mm. or discount the Son or discount the Father. Yep. So if I was around Mormonism, if I was around uh, some of the prosperity gospel stuff, like a T.D. Jakes and, and those guys, they wouldn't hold to the Holy Spirit. Right. And I'm like, that is what should fire the red flag up and say, like, wait a minute, it's so blatant. Or like the Bethel stuff, which would say, like, um, they don't really hold to Jesus being God they would be very offended that I said that because what they believe is he was indwelt by the Holy Spirit and that gave him his power. Right. That's why you and I can speak something and it becomes a reality or we can heal the way that Jesus healed. That would be the logic behind that, that we're little Christ, we're little gods. Yep. I'm like, that's that's the dangerous one. Nobody in all of Christendom uh, and the the billions and billions of pages and uncountable hours of study um you thought that one up about 75 years ago mm-hmm. and it's not orthodox it's it's not historical uh, historically the church has held to the trinity because it's kind of clear in scripture absolutely and, and we did we did call it something right 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 yeah, that's so good. I, I think that um, 
those two dueling concepts of how we're pursuing our understanding of God, but then also just how we approach people that are quote-unquote questioning the things of God, that's a very different thing. And in some ways, it's a parable of the soils, how things are hitting people's hearts, whether they're even accepting them from the get-go. And it's even a little bit of when Jesus himself said, he who has ears, let him hear. Like, if you're not even willing to engage this, yeah. I don't know how to continue the conversation. Well, and, and I really wouldn't. I, I run into this a lot and, and have a lot over the years. And, and it happens a lot online. Mm-hmm. And people are like, let's have a conversation. And I'm they'll throw something out or put a criticism of maybe of me or the church out. And I'm like, no. And they're like, you need to, why don't you engage a conversation? Are you chicken? I'm like, no, I'm just not going to waste my time. You don't want to have – if you have a sincere question – you don't ask me in a public forum. Right. You ask me privately. I'll answer. I'll try all those, that all day long. Um, but I'm like, I'm not going to have an argument for entertainment purposes. I'm this. I'm not, you know, CNN or Fox News at night that argues it for entertainment. Right. Um, I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's Christ-like uh, for, for another thing. And, and I'm just like, that's, if you're arguing this, you're, that's not what you're you're not asking me a real question yep you're not really struggling with something I think that um, so much of when we run into those folks is just our need to be praying for them I know this is one of the reasons why you encourage us here at grace to always be praying for your three because we need that heart transformation many of us have had seasons before we uh, came to Christ of stubbornness yeah. and I think I understand this and you guys are and what God has done in many of our lives since then um, is pretty remarkable. And yeah. so, the nu- the number one mark in my experience of a true disciple is that they quit arguing with the Bible, mm. and they they might wrestle. I didn't say wrestle with the Bible, sure, because I wrestle with the Bible, but they quit arguing with it. What we call the Trinity, that concept of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that is as clear in Scripture as it can get the argument usually is well you guys made up a term i'm like okay yeah uh, we also made up the term bible <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like that that's fine i mean that it you know yeah it it's it's categorized organized a little bit but that there is the father there is the son there is the holy spirit they are not subordinate to each other they are three in one mm-hmm. Um, that, but they're in relationship with one another. That is really there and, and not difficult to see if you're reading things with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage all of our listeners out there to dive into, you know, some of these passages in the scripture, look through these, pray through these, and, um, I think you'll continue to be enlightened to the love and the care that God has for us and their intentionality as you see their eternal relationship playing out and how he continues to interact with us. If you have questions that you'd like to submit to our Mixed Messages podcast, you can always do that by going to our website at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And of course, if we can help you take unique next steps in any way, we would love to do that. We'd also love you if you, if you would subscribe or follow uh, or, or rate us on all of our podcast platforms there. And of course, if you need to, you can always send us a direct message and interact. Our goal here is to help each of us continue to grow in our relationship with God. Well, we appreciate you guys jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of the mixed messages around us. See you next time.